I'm Jay. I'm Adrian. And together we are the, the Two Crazy Cat Ladies. <laughs> I'm gonna cut you. I think I just peed. Buckle up. We're back in the closet. Back in the Closet with the Two Crazy Cat Ladies. Oh my God, I've been so excited for this episode. We are joined by the incredible, the radiant, the beautiful, Jessica <laughs> Fisher with Pet Parenting Reset. I am so excited about this episode. I just have to say. Yes, because we are going to be talking about everything separation anxiety, which is a huge thing. And um, it's a, it's been a huge thing, especially since the pandemic hit. And then... A lot of a lot of people adopted new kitties, uh, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But they adopted new pets, and then they went back to work. And these uh, these these kitties have been suffering from separation anxiety. And then some of our cats just actually suffer from separation anxiety. I mean, we can't leave the house for longer than like well, three it's hours. different. It's different behaviors, right? Okay, before we dive in, this is such yes. a great topic. I'm so excited. <laughs> Jessica Fisher, for anyone who has not yet had the pleasure of meeting you and knowing who you are and what you do, would you please give us a short introduction? Oh my gosh. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm just excited to be able to help more cats with you wonderful, wonderful ladies. Um, my name is Jessica. And if you are not familiar with me, I am a pet parent coach and positive reinforcement dog trainer. And um, don't let that fool you though, because I have much more knowledge in the feline realm than I actually do in the canine realm. <laughs> um, I started out with with cats and I, I've just, I, I love them. They have a special special place in my heart. And what's really interesting to me, I started my dog training journey uh, with separation anxiety because I adopted a dog who had separation anxiety. And a lot of people don't realize that that is a specialization in dog training. Um, not every dog trainer can handle it. And even the ones who think they can probably don't do an awesome job if they don't like niche down and specialize in it. Um, and certainly you never want one that isn't a positive reinforcement trainer. And what I have realized is that there are quite a lot of cats who are also suffering from separation anxiety. And it has, as you said, Jay, been much more evident since the um, illness that we can't talk about. And, um, you know, it, it's something that a lot of cats express in different ways. And I think a lot of people don't even realize is happening uh, with their cats because uh, so many people have a disconnect with their cats versus their dogs. We tend to be so much more um, emotionally in tune to our dogs than we do our cats. And that's a shame um, because I think that our cats can actually impact our emotional state just as much, if not more, than our dogs. You know, a lot of people think that, um, you know, cats are our spiritual, like, leaders. They guide us spiritually. Um, that's something that a lot of people have have thought for many, many, many hundreds and thousands of years. Um, and I do see all of the comments on the side. I know I posted to bring your comments today, and I want to say hi and thank you to everyone that's here with us, um, because we are doing this live. <laughs> First question, though, just back it up a second, because this is like a topic. Separation anxiety is something that a lot of people relate to dogs and they don't realize it's affecting their cats. And I think that 
you know, our cats do uh, behave and everything has to be taken in context, right? So maybe we're seeing different behaviors or maybe how, how do you, um, what are some of the tools that you use to, to, to identify separation anxiety? Identify, yes. How do, you, how do you see? Yeah. Because I feel like that's the thing is that just There's like you disconnect. said, a lot of us have a disconnect with it, with our cats emotionally. And so, uh, <laughs> and so uh, necessarily know if their cat is suffering from uh, separation anxiety. So what are some signs that, um, that, that cats give that are different from dogs, obviously, but what are some signs that cats give that, that they, are, they are dealing with separation anxiety? You know, they're actually not that different from dogs. And it just, as you said, Adrian, it is all contextual. So yeah. it is not like, here's a list of symptoms. And if you meet two or more of these, your cat has separation anxiety. It's not, that's not the case at all. You really have to take it all into context, into what is going on, um, everything from, you know, changes in routines and people coming and going in the house um, to did, did you recently give your cat a vaccination or flea and tick medication? So everything really we have to take into account before we can act accurately diagnose something like separation anxiety. Um, but we're talking about, and, and I'll give you some of the um, identifying characteristics, but then it's also important to know that some of the identifying characteristics can also um, be symptoms of other things as well. So that's so, why it is so important to have that context as to what everything is going on in the home for the cat. But um, excessive vocalization, uh, your cat won't eat or drink if you're not at home. Um, a lot of times if they're urinating outside of the litter box, that's a big one. But I actually also find defecating outside of the litter box, especially if, if it's happening when you're not at home or right after you get back home. Um, vomiting, which we know is stress, right? <laughs> um, and excessive grooming, over-grooming. So you might even see more hairballs, which... A lot of people think hairballs are normal. They're not. They're common. They're not normal, right? Um, and even, and this is something that I think might be one of the biggest things because we think of our cats as being kind of aloof. So if they are very excited when you come home, that right there might be a big indication <laughs> that they're really not happy that you're gone. And these are all a lot of the same things that our dogs do. Um, it's just that our dogs can actually be a lot more destructive. Your cats can be destructive as well, especially when you're gone or right after you get home. Um, but I also wanted to kind of address the idea that we do think of our cats as being very aloof and they could care less if we're there or not. They just want food and clean the box and be gone. That's not the case. I mean, you might find some cats that really are just disconnected, um, which content. I think is, a sh <laughs> yeah, yeah, content might be a better word. Um, but we know that they, I mean, they've done studies, we've been very fortunate in the last decade or so that they have been doing more studies with cats. So we know that not only cats know their names, cats know the names of other cats in the house, they know um, the voice of their parent or, or their owner, and they're going to respond to that differently. Um, and, and we know that through scientific studies. So it's really not a leap to say they really do have 
a much bigger connection with us and others in the home than a lot of people give them credit for. Oh, I 100% agree. In fact, uh, yesterday we had to take our 18-year-old to the to the vet and it was just a kidney recheck. Um, it wasn't a huge thing, but uh, as far as like the vet visit was concerned, but we had it planned in advance. And I told him in the morning that we were doing that. And it come time when I'm like, twist, he just started running away from me. He just started like going, no, I know what you're about to do. Whereas usually I say his name and he comes running up. So they are totally in tune with, with what we're, what we're saying and what we're. Well, and I do like that you, you know, that, that it's amazing that there is more science out there that's really paying attention to cats and cats behavior and their temperament and their emotional needs. And that is a huge thing. You know, Dr. Katie Woodley has an entire pillar of health on a cat's emotional needs. And I think that, you know, we do think of cats as aloof and like, ah, well, they really don't care about anything so wrong. Uh, but one of the things, in addition to these studies, I think that a lot of the social media and the reels and the TikToks and the whatever is so many people are setting up a little camera that to see what their cat does when they leave their house. And it is, uh, there are videos that literally make me sob. It is just uh, amazing to watch it, the vocalization, the frantically moving around the it's sitting it's, at the door sitting at the, the door just waiting waiting you know so i do window. see where it is something similar to dogs right where dogs will go eat your couch um a cat is going to be very vexed that they're suddenly alone yeah and as i was saying earlier taking any one of these symptoms into account doesn't necessarily mean that your cat does have separation anxiety. Um, I, I wanna be really, really clear about that, especially when we're talking about um, inappropriate urination or defecation. Um, that definitely can be you know, a urinary tract infection or, or you know, vomiting, especially if you have like vomiting and um, like, constipation together, you, you might, my, my thought is, okay, maybe there's a foreign object that has blocked my cat. So there's a lot more that we need to, um, take into account and not just say right off the bat, oh, they're just anxious or stressed. Um, and you know, over grooming is also something that we want to have a really deep dive into and, and, um, excessive vocalization is something, especially in our senior cats, we want to think more like, okay, maybe they're having some, um, like, like kitty Alzheimer's or yeah, they, 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 there is definitely a phenomenon in aging pets where they may not realize the difference in night and day or, you know, it, things happen just like they do with us. So we, we, we need to take everything into account and um, really treat every animal individually. Yeah, absolutely. But, but sometimes like when it, sometimes these are also connected, right? So yeah. stress is one of the leading causes of uh, certain ailments in our cats. So like Danielle uh, Donahue, we love you VIP. Um, uh, Coming from Danielle the old Donahue. Old Donahue. Uh, anyway, Sorry, I can never say it's Danielle. Um, but she said that, you know, her cat has really bad separation anxiety and is because of that is dealing with the bladder issues and the urinary issues. And that, you know, feline idiopathic cystitis is a something that we see every single day 
like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like all the time, people come to us with their cats. There are having urinary issues, urinary infections, sometimes even urinary blockages due to stress. So I think it's really important that even if your cat is not dealing with separation anxiety, we be proactive as cat parents when it comes to, um, when it comes to, you know, us leaving and how they will, whatever, you know, if your cat loves you at all, they will be, they, they will be different. They will be sad. They will be um, a little bit anxious when we are, when we are gone. We are about to go to uh, CatCon 2022 in Pasadena, California. We haven't left the house in a long time as far as like overnight anywhere. And, um, and we have our pet sitter um, who for the past three weeks now has been coming in every single week and we've, we've brought her in and we're like, you know, play with the cats and she, she and her husband are playing with the cats and doing the stuff and things and getting used to their sounds, getting used to their smells and all of those things. So when we do leave, it's going to be a little less of a, um, of a stressor or a shock mm-hmm. when we're gone. And all of a sudden there's a stranger there. Right. I mean, she's, she always takes care of them, but we don't leave a lot. So yeah. Well, what I really love about this conversation, though, is that it is really kind of shedding a light, is putting a light on the fact that this is something that happens to our kitties. And, you know, the, the pandemic was a time where we were all at home. And I think that was something that we really realized was crazy was when people started going back to work, we have so many people reaching out with behavioral issues with their cats. And so connecting the dots and understanding, you know, uh, the the context clues of what's going on for our kitties is so huge, which is why I really think this is a, such a, a valuable conversation because as Jay said, stress is stress, anxiety is anxiety, and that can lead to those health issues. Health issues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We know that stress can certainly cause health issues, as you've said, but also um, decrease our lifespan. Uh, so it is important that we be as proactive as possible. And I see a couple other comments over here. Laura Lee has um, her cats uh, struggle when school starts. That's not uncommon because the routines are changing. Um, and let's see. Yeah, D- Danielle and Laura, Laura Lee are both kind of having having similar issues <laughs> with their cats and and the stress and anxiety but um, there are a lot of things we can do and and what we can do is something we should be doing regardless if if we think our cat is experiencing anxiety or not but one of the biggest things and this is true with both our dogs and our cats is that we need to build up their confidence because the more confident your animal is, they, the more relaxed they can be, the more sure of themselves they can be. Um, I kind of leave it to the, the last thing in the PDF that we'll talk about later, but like you said, Jay, you t- talk to your cats. Talking to them is so important. Letting them know what's going on, what you plan on doing, how long you're going to be gone. Like I'm just... I tell my cats constantly, I'll be back in 15 minutes or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, And they may not understand the concept of 15 minutes, but when they understand that I have said something and then I come back and they they can put two and two together. I do the same thing with my dogs, but building their confidence is one of the key things. And there are some supplements that we can use in addition. And and as we are trying to build our cat's confidence that we'll also talk about. Um, But 
the biggest thing is play. And I know you guys are such big proponents of playing with your cat, but specifically the hunt, stalk, kill, eat, clean, sleep routine, right? And different people call it different things, but that's what sticks in my mind. So hunting, stalking, killing their prey, whatever that means, even though it's not a real mouse that you're (laughs) letting them play with probably, but, um, you know, a good 10 or 15 minute play session with your cat. And if you have multiple cats, splitting them up and playing with them individually and going through this routine with them where you, I really love wand toys for this. And I know you guys do too, so that you can have as realistic of an experience as possible with your cats to really get them engaged. You want them to wear themselves out as much as possible. And, um, let them occasionally catch. I think that, I don't know the exact statistic, but I want to say it's like a cat in the wild is only going to actually catch what they're going after like one in four times or something. So, you know, let them catch it every once in a while, but not every time. And then when you're done with a 10 or 15 minute uh, play session, they get to catch it. They get that, you know, endorphin rush that, oh my gosh, I got it. I did it. And that builds their confidence and then continue that cycle with giving them a treat or feeding them their meal, letting them eat, letting them clean themselves afterwards. They're going to have a good, long, hard nap and just kind of keep keeping this cycle going. That's one of the absolute biggest things we can do for our cats. And it's free. It's super free. Like, that's what I love about it. It's like, you don't need to buy this product so your cat doesn't have separation anxiety. Like, you can literally, like, it's the freest, like, easiest way. And you you build a bond with your cat. Like, you just build the bond stronger, too. So it's... But even more important than that, I really do think that so many of us, you know, we look at cats and dogs as companion animals. And I think that there is that, still to this day people that think of cats as small dogs and they're easier than dogs because you don't have to take them for a walk. No, they're a completely different species. So when you're talking about bringing them through that hunt, catch, play, clean, all that, kill, clean, eat, clean. uh, Groom. (laughs) We call it the the prey sequence, right? It is what most, cats, cats are little predators. That hunting instinct, that prey drive is super strong. And so they need to be able to exercise that in order to literally build their confidence, to feel like a cat. And I think, you know, so many of us have indoor only kitties and that's something that just kind of everything just starts bothering them. You can see where some of our cats are super high anxiety. And I, once you understand that they as a species require this exercise, which is being a feel their best selves. It is that kind of changes the game, right? It's not about like, Oh, well, my cat's peeing somewhere. How do I get him to stop? Like, this is about what does my cat need? What does this species require in order to feel their best selves? And that's why I love that. This is one of the biggest best things we can do to help alleviate stress. Yeah. And a couple of other things that I think a lot of people overlook and it can be difficult for some of us to do, but connecting with the earth. So if there's any way you can provide your cat supervised outdoor time and not just in a cage or a carrier, like actually let their feet get in the grass and touch the dirt. We know with us humans that it it is so powerful when we don't physically touch the earth 
depression sets in over time. And it's one of the most powerful things we can do to cure our own depression in humans. And I think it's the same thing for our cats and our dogs. You know, our dogs are outside all the time, but our cats aren't. And if you can't get your cat outside, I don't see what's wrong with getting some organic, hopefully not non-glyphosate poison <laughs> soil and, and bringing it inside in like a kiddie pool or even a special litter box to, to let your cat roll around in. Um, I think that is just such a fun thing for cats to be able to do and to connect with, with the earth. I, I see got it. No, no. I want, I mean, we have the catio. We have, we have like the leashes. We have all the stuff and things to bring the cats outside. We also and have it a is visitor difficult. in our out, in our backyard right now, but it is, which makes it difficult. It is difficult when you have multiple cats cat. in order to mm -hmm. bring all of them out. It's not, you know, yeah. unless you can build and, and at the same time, you can bring them out one by one, just like we would do the confidence building sessions, but it is a hundred percent true. Like it's scientifically proven for humans. Right. And so, and we know that, that it's gotta be 10 times, a hundred times more for, uh, for our cats, right, who are made to live in the wild, and they are way less domesticated than we are, right? They're not even domesticated. We just think that they're domesticated. <laughs> but they, but putting their feet to the earth is so important, and it does so much for their, I mean, their mental stimulation, for their, um, for their um, physical stimulation, for their exercise, for all of that. That is, it's, for, their, it's, for their gut, which is where we're going next. <laughs> Well, right. I was going to say, Let's so we, we've covered confidence, uh, building their confidence. We've covered grounding, just how yeah. important that is for our cats. Something that we probably, a lot of us probably don't think about, and it can be a little bit difficult for some of us. What's next? Yes. So we know for a fact that th they have done studies with uh, on humans, and we know with our dogs as well. And I, I don't think it's a stretch to say where we should... Maybe we do, and I just haven't seen them, but I don't think it's a stretch to include all mammals in this, including our cats. There is a big connection. We think our brains run our bodies, but our gut runs our brain. So when we can heal the gut, we can help heal the brain, and that includes stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways to do that is through as close to a species-appropriate diet as possible. What were you, I, I saw the <laughs> Well, I, I just want to say that there was actually released yesterday by Animal Biome was the gut, uh, the gut the study. The yeah. gut, and, State and, of the gut report. Yeah. The gut report. Yes, yes, Thank yes, you. yes. Um, I printed it out. I don't have it. It's in my office, um, but I printed it out. It's like 22 pages long, but it is in, like, it is absolutely amazing to uh, to read different, different studies, but the research on how important the gut health is to overall health, including anxiety. Well, and mm -hmm. I think that what you said is super revolutionary because I know that so many people struggle with their own mental anxiety. You know, I think that Jay and I both would fall into that category from time to time. Yes. And, and a lot of us do, and for our pets, turn to pharmaceuticals to try to help this out, right? Without understanding, as we all uh, advocate for, understanding the root cause of something. And this is, what you said is, truly revolutionary that so many of us believe that our brains run our bodies, but our guts run, run our, our brains. brains. The gut brain access is so, so mm -hmm. important. 
And, and you know what, it's, I, I feel like it is pretty much common sense for, for those of us, for anyone listening, it is, um, it is pretty much common sense. We know, like even our doctors, even our like conventional doctors will say, if you're going to them for stress, they'll be like, okay, what's your diet and exercise levels? Like, what are you doing other than like coming to me for some medications? What are you doing? Are you, are you eating good foods or are you eating a bunch of carbohydrates and carbohydrates build inflammation in the body and they actually contribute to stress. And we know that as humans, are you exercising at all? Are you, or are you just laying around on the couch all day long? Um, because exercise is a, another huge free way to reduce your stress. But, really but the same goes, yeah, this, yeah, the same goes for our cats, you know, the <clears throat> diet, what, whatever we're feeding the gut is super important. And if we're feeding them a, an inflammatory diet, they are going to be way more prone to um, anxiety issues. So we, we've covered, we've covered the confidence uh, building sessions, bringing them through that pre sequence, super free, super easy, take some time, a little bit of effort, grounding, right? Super free. The earth is here. Let's step on it. This one's a little bit more complicated. Yes? Yeah, it is. Um, and I know y'all recently had a roundtable that covered transitioning to your cats to a species appropriate diet, which I loved because of all of the different perspectives. So I would highly recommend um, checking that out. I think it's on your Facebook and is it on your YouTube as well? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and just for anyone listening, it's, it's really, um, I thought it was a pretty vulnerable, authentic roundtable, right? Uh, Julianne Thorne with Naturally Cuts, Dr. Katie Woodley, uh, the natural pet doctor, Pam herself with Perfectly Holistic. We all shared our own transition journeys of trying to help uh, get our cats, not just on a species appropriate diet, which is, is healthy, but to your point of what it is to build a healthy gut that helps our cat's brain, helps our cat's emotional well-being. Uh, well-being. Yeah, I, I I know y'all in Nevada don't have access to it. My favorite, favorite, favorite thing for every dog and cat is raw goat's milk. Um, yes. Even if you can't get your animal on, like if financially or they're, they, they have a block to <laughs> getting them on to a better, better food, getting them to from a kibble to a wet food, first of all, is, is one of the biggest things. And then getting them from a wet food to a lightly, you know, gently cooked or, or even a, a raw food balanced diet would be wonderful. But anywhere along the process, raw goat's milk is going to be so beneficial. It has all the pre probiotics, digestive enzymes. It in itself is, is like a perfectly balanced nature's miracle, everything you need food. Um, and I, I know personally, I have Billy Hookman to thank for the, for knowing that, <laughs> but um, it's true. It's so true. And I have, I, I think you would be very hard pressed to find any case of separation anxiety in a dog or a cat where um, the, an imbalance in, in the gut isn't also present. So that is absolutely the very first thing I do with all of my clients. Um, if you hire me individually, I, we are, we are talking about nutrition first and foremost, because it, especially when, you know, when it comes to, to dog training, I, your dog isn't going to be able to learn or focus if they don't feel good. It's just not, it, it does, it doesn't happen at least not well. Um, they may not retain it. You may get some things out of it. And 
you know, a lot of people say they, a lot of people don't believe we can train cats. We absolutely can train cats. And um, the, the same thing is true with our cats is if they don't feel good, how are you going to expect them to behave well? Or it's just, it's, it's not, how, how do you behave when you don't feel well? <laughs> not, right. not, you're snippy and yeah. <laughs> it is true. Exactly yeah, it is right. true. Yeah. Ask Adrian all the time. <laughs> That's no, it's so true. I, I love that you're, that you're really looking at this from the perspective of let's meet our cats where they're at and understand that nutrition is so foundational. You know, it's like uh, everyone, we're always talking about food and they're like, oh, what food are you selling? We don't sell food. We don't have, this is food, food is so foundational. This isn't about advocating for uh, some sort of money-making thing. This is literally about what our cats as an obligate carnivore require biologically to meet their needs. And, and when you, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about separation anxiety and how building confidence is good and how grounding, literally touching the earth is good. And then understanding that gut brain access of what is going on in their bodies affects how they feel and what they think and what their emotional uh, well-being is really like. This comes down to food and are we giving them what they need? And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, no, my cat will only eat dry food and that's where we're stopping. Well, that does kind of amputate an opportunity to see how to best improve some of these issues that may be happening. And it doesn't take a lot. I love that Dr. Katie Woodley always talks about just do the next thing, one small thing, you know? So like you just said, raw goat's, goat's milk. milk. Yeah. It, it, it is, it is a superfood. Just yeah. start adding it's a little like bit egg. of that into uh, some kibble. It, to it is. And if you truly, if you truly have the belief that you, that your cat is not going to eat anything other than kibble, first and foremost, that is your belief, not their belief. And go into, take a moment, Google an independent pet retailer near you, find an independent pet retailer, walk in the door and say, how can I still buy a kibble because that is convenient for me, but do better than what I'm doing? And they want to help you Um, because I promise you, if you are feeding kibble, there is a very good chance that you can, you can up your kibble game. Um, that in in and of itself, I don't love to say that. I I, I personally um, just don't ever want to recommend kibble. But I know, especially you two, you know, want to meet people where they're at. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's. I mean, when we're talking about, especially when it comes to cat parents, we're talking well over ninety five percent of cat parents are feeding kibble. So so we, you know, if we can just up the game, then why not? Like, yeah. why not? add a little fresh food? Why not add some raw goat's milk? Why not, you know, do something that, that can help your cat and you will see it. You will see it. Even feeding the crappiest kibble, you add some fresh food into that diet. You add some raw goat's milk into that diet. You add some healthy, nutritious, um, foods into the, into that diet. And you will absolutely see a difference, like almost immediately, like you will see a, a, a difference. So, Yes. You'll see. Well, and I do want to say I love that you uh, put it in those terms. That if you think your cat will only eat kibble, first of all, that's your belief. It's not their belief. And there is science to back that up. One of the greatest studies we ever read was done. I think it's a a, uh, out of Britain, 
they did a study where they oh, fed the cats, yeah. you know, nutritionally inappropriate food all the way to the most, uh, uh, a better balanced species appropriate food. An imbalanced diet versus a balanced diet in right. three different settings. The first one was fish, which was un, like cats completely unbalanced, but all the cats went to it first, right? Because it was fish and it had the strongest smell. The second one was, I believe chicken. It might've been rabbit, but it was uh, also unbalanced. But once they realized they're eating this fish and they realized this fish diet and they realized that it is not fulfilling all of their requirements, nutritional requirements, they go over to the chicken. By the end of the study, the last food was made of like the flavor was orange, which cats hate citrus, but it was fully balanced with an orange flavor in it. So it was a fully balanced food. By the end of the study, all of the cats were eating the orange flavored food because it's what their bodies told them that they needed. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, and um, but but I get it. I, I I can't see it in my cats, but I get it. <laughs> but it's, it's it's wonderful to know that cats over time will choose the mm. will choose the most nutritionally beneficial food for themselves. And I think that it's a great reminder to all for for all of us cat parents to do our best to provide that choice for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to just kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, Adrian. And I think I just stole that from you because you say that all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is so important for us to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror when our animal, whether it's our dog or our cat, is behaving in a way that we don't want them to behave, we don't like, and take a look at ourselves and see how we're feeling. And to do a little self-work uh, you know, some self-care, some self-work. I really, one of the easiest things that you can do with your dog or cat is to just type into YouTube, 10 minute meditation, sit down, meditate with your pet, calm yourself, relax yourself. You would be amazed at how your pet responds to your relaxation. Yeah. That's I really important too. I was going to say, I think that so many of us are reactionary. I know I am. If something happens with our cats, especially if it's a, we've got a, a visitor cat in our backyard, it's causing some redirected aggression. It's causing uh, one of our cats or two of them. We don't know. We haven't figured it out completely to pee in certain places. We've never really had to deal with this before. And so, but it makes me very reactionary. It's like, oh, who's hissing? What's going on? I'm jumping all the time. I cannot tell you just how true what you said really is because our cats are far more intuitive than we give them credit. We think they're a loop. We started off talking about that. Like they don't care if we're gone. They could care less if we No, they're so intuitive. They, they don't, uh, their emotional cortex is more similar to a human beings than a dog's is to a human being. They're always soaking up stuff. And they literally something that we've learned during this is that they don't need to one of our cats can be upstairs. The other can be downstairs. Not a sound is made. She will just puff up and her brother is there like that. It's like the energy, he feels the energy and he comes to her. Yeah. Imagine how they respond to our energy. Right. When I, when I take time now in a high stress situation where I think that people, that people, that our cats are going to be reactionary because what's going on four o'clock this morning was a good uh, example of it. When I stop and just like, say a blessing over all of us. Let's chill out a little bit. Everyone is actually safe. We're all good. This is not a situation that needs to be panicked. 
it all, it diffuses the situation. You can watch and it. And I, I think that so often we are reactionary to a cat peeing here or a, 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 them acting out there or vocalizing and keeping us up at night. And we're reactionary to it instead of realizing, well, we're contributing to that energy. It's so, so true. And, you know, there are a lot of other things that we can do with our cats. And I, I know, I don't know what the time limit is here. Are we at, what is your podcast? An hour? <laughs> oh, it, it doesn't matter. Today. Let's just keep going. I know. We keep oh, it okay. Minutes, not to um, okay. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other things that we can do environmentally. Of course, I, I did give um, Jay and Adrian a link which is and in the description. description. Yeah, let's talk about this for a minute because I really, I'm I'm so impressed not just with your insights and, and the way that you really help us better understand our cats, but the fact that Jessica Fisher put together a downloadable PDF for all of us. This is this is just, uh, it's basically a handbook that every cat parent needs. It is about separation anxiety, but you cover so much. Oh Give everyone just a little, uh, that link for that free download is here in the description. Link is in the description. Um, and you have to get it. It's just fantastic. But share with everybody just a little bit of everything that's included in that. Yeah, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to talk about everything <laughs> today. Um, it, it is so important that we set up our cat's environment, you know, in a way that they can be a cat. And that means perches. That means, you know, multiple scratching surfaces. I think I kind of detail in, in the PDF that all four of my cats prefer four different scratching surfaces. <laughs> so, you know, having variety for them, um, toys and toys and toys and all the toys. And, um, but, you know, interacting with your cat is, is so important. Um, the, uh, cardboard boxes, <laughs> we, I, it's, it's cheesy and kind of cliche, but we know that they actually do provide safety and security for our cats. So, Literally every time I go to Costco, I just hoard free boxes yes. <laughs> for my cat. Um, yeah, so there's tons of tips specifically on anxiety and separation anxiety, but in setting up your space and choosing litter boxes and choosing your litter, because that's important too. And um, there's there's so so much in there about um, alternatives to flea and tick medications because we know that that in itself, um, the, the chemicals in flea and tick medications that so many people give to their pets um, not only can cause physical harm, I personally had that happen to one of my cats. Uh, I very reluctantly uh, gave him some revolution on because the, the doctor told me to not for fleas and ticks, but for something else. And uh, he got a chemical burn on his back. So not just physically, but um, the we can see behavioral changes in animals. This is very apparent in dogs. Um, flea tick medication, heartworm medication. Uh, there, there are natural alter alternatives that are great and can really work for a lot of people. I also have, I, I brought my props over here because I have a list of some of the supplements that I absolutely love to use with our cats when we are working with our cats to build their confidence. Um, one of them is the Calm Tincture from CBD Dog Health. Yes. Love that. Um, and I know you have talked to, to your tribe about your cat may not let you put this in their mouth. So to put it on their paw pads 
So yep. it can absorb that way. Um, that's my favorite way. Or in the ears. And just one more note on, on CBD. And this is a tip. I can't remember who gave it to us now. I feel bad. I can't give the credit. Uh, those uh, essential oil roller balls. That was Laura Lee. Laura Lee. Yeah. Thank you, Laura You can just Lee. get those essential oh, so, oil on Amazon. Essential oil roller balls. Mm -hmm. and, and the CBD in it. And then you can literally just rub it in their ears or on their pop hats. It is such a great way. Yeah. To, to oh, apply. nice. That's yes. awesome. Um, I also am a huge, huge fan of Animalio. I don't know if you saw the reel I put up the other day. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this for every cat, I like you can use this every day. Um, Kitty Boost is, I, I don't know if, if y'all know this. I use this on myself when I have cramps. Really? It makes my cramps go away. Yes. <gasps> I need to get so, Yes. And then the, there's a Kitty Boost light um, as well. So if your cat doesn't love Kitty Boost, they have a light formula. Uh, they also have a Calmamile. And I'm, I obviously, I'm not, I don't have any affiliation with any of these products. I just love them and use them. They have a Calmamile as well and Strength. I absolutely love Strength. This happens to also be Romeo's favorite. When I put this in the, diff the diffuser, he goes and lays right next to the diffuser. He absolutely loves wow. it. So, oh, wow. um, and of course I can't. No. Can't forget ah, the cat calm. Okay. Cannot cat. forget the cat calm. This is a necessity. Cat calm. Yes. <laughs> and then I also have a link to the best price I have found on this. This is called the Relaxo Pet. It's a speaker. So it has, um, you can either turn it to dog or cat. And I have it on cat right now. And then. Oh, I love that. So um, it just plays calming, relaxation music for your pets. The best price I found on this is actually at Dr. Judy's store. So I put that yes, link in, <laughs> in, the, in the PDF as well. And um, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a side um, for those of you guys that have Alexa. If you have Alexa, which pretty much everybody does, um, there, there is also a, um, a cat calming uh, station that you can play or you can just play spa music, which we mm -hmm. do sometimes. Our favorites. I prefer Kenny G radio and the cats like that to keep them calm. But um, but sometimes spa music is also something that's like calming that you can play in the house. Yeah. And I yeah. like that Laura uh, here in the comments said, be, sh be sure you use self-selection with essential oils, allow them to choose, stay or leave it. And mention herb gardens as well. Herb gardens. I think like you just said about Romeo, you know what his favorite is because he self-selects it. I think that that's something uh, that all of us cat parents can just better examine. You know, I yeah. think the powers of observation, picking up on context clues with our kitties, so important um, and giving them the, giving them as, as Julianne Thorne says, giving them a voice and giving them a choice is a really big, uh, it's, it's empowering for cats. I think it does help with their confidence yep. to let them tell us what they prefer. Yeah. And, um, again, I don't, I don't know how long we're supposed to go, but, uh, if I, if I could give one more tip, it is to keep a journal, mm -hmm. um, keep a journal because you just never know. You, you just, it's hard to remember what happened yesterday, much less three weeks ago. And right. um, I know I have been using 
the, the Relaxo pet with my cat, Sissy. She's terrified of thunderstorms. I put her in a room where she feels comfortable. She likes being in my laundry room because it's like the only room in my house that is in the middle of the house and no windows or anything. And I turn this on and it just, she chills out and lays down and she's good. And, um, you know, it, it keep a journal because you just, it, it's so hard to remember things. Um, and, and, uh, just, just do one thing, just try one thing at a time. I think we can really get overwhelmed, um, with everything. Like, you know, you, you listen to a podcast like this and you're like, oh my gosh, the, the, I need to change everything. Right. And no, don't, please don't, don't change everything all at once. Change one thing at a time, because if you start changing too many things at a time, you don't know what's working and what's not working for your cat because they are all individuals and you're going to find even with a multi-cat household that different things work better for different cats. So keep a journal. And also <laughs> keeping, in, keeping in mind too, that, you know, some cats, some, some of our cats really enjoy change. Like we move the cat tree to the other side of the house. They are so excited. Other cats, that makes them a little anxious, right? So getting to know our cats as individuals is so important. And I love what you said too, because it is about doing one thing and starting one thing. It doesn't need to be overwhelming. This free PDF download that you can, uh, Sissy dropped the link here in the comments. Um, it's also and in it's the also in the description of the video. Please go get that because I just think that it's a wealth of knowledge as, as, as Marilyn said, hello, love. As Marilyn said, it's all connected. You know, you, you cover everything from, uh, from, you know, the confidence, understanding what separation anxiety in cats looks like all the way to flea and tick medications, which as we know, are, have some very um, hard neurological side effects for our kitties and, and health side effects in general. So this is just an incredible, um, like a handbook. I just absolutely think it's such a gift to uh, all of us. And the fact that you're offering it for free is yeah. just so generous. And thank you. Really, yeah. thank you so much for that. Of course. Well, I want to make sure that um, I appreciate uh, coming on your podcast. And I want to make sure that your listeners are getting uh, all, all of the value that they expect from the two crazy cat ladies. <laughs> that's way more. Way that's, more. Yeah, that's I don't way more a, than they get from two crazy cat ladies. What is it? 24, 26 pages? It, I, yeah, it's like 22. 22, I think. But 22. I can make it bigger if we need to make it bigger. <laughs> I was holding back. <laughs> It is fantastic. Okay, so we'll we'll start wrapping it up. We obviously need to do this again sometime. You are just a wealth of information. And I love, I've always gotten a kick out of the fact that you have such a sweet and soft voice. And yet the information that you share is just kick-ass. So powerful. It's like, yeah. a, it's just an incredible combination that you have. So for everyone uh, that would like to um, follow your Pet Parenting Reset podcast, follow your pages, where can they find you? What's the best way to keep connected? Yeah, you know, I've been working on that because I've kind of been all over the place. But if you go to the petparentingreset.com, you can kind of get everywhere from there. Uh, that has, you can listen to the podcast there if you happen to not like podcast apps. Um, I kind of switch between Apple and Spotify. I don't know, I'm a weirdo, I guess, like that. <laughs> but um, you can listen to the podcast there. You can also get this download um, there. You can link to my blog there. And then also, if you happen to have dogs as well, there's also a free um, membership for the beginner dog training series. Just there's so much there. Um, there's like 
I want to say like 19 videos in, in that free membership if you happen to also have a dog. And uh, yeah, so lots and lots of stuff there. And then you can follow. It's the Pet Parenting Reset everywhere. YouTube, Rumble, Facebook. Um, the only difference is Instagram is Jessica Lynn Fisher, but I might be changing that. So <laughs> okay. I love it. There's so much. Yeah, I really encourage you guys to go follow her. Uh, you put out so much great content, so much free information. Uh, really help build this community. And it, it is the learn, share, grow. It's just um, you're radiant. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. For you're the All best right. ever. All right, guys. <laughs> Go give Jessica a follow. Pet Parenting Reset. Um, please go download this PDF. Everyone needs it. I, I'm I'm tempted to print it. I was just counting yes. my printer paper, which we just got a refill. We just got a refill. I yeah. just stocked and up. I was like, I think I'm going to print this out. I want it in my hand. Yes. So you guys, click that link. I get that download. Thank you guys all for joining us. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your time with us. Yes. We're going to have to do this again soon. And we hope you guys all have a beautiful evening. Happy fall, everyone. Day, wherever you yes. are. Happy fall. <laughs> Happy fall. Bye, guys. Bye.